This is Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Nick Hennigan. How are you doing? And this is Literary London, where we talk about things, well, you know, literary and London-y. Um, except we're not today. Oh, no. Today we're going north of the border, to the borough, Edinburgh. And I'm very pleased if you're watching this on the uh, bohemianbritain.com or on YouTube, you will see I'm joined by the beautiful Nick uh, uh, Barley, who is, I think, is it director of the Edinburgh Book Festival? Is I am indeed right? director. Yes, yes. Yeah. Another Nick. Hello, Nick. And it's the Nick and Nick show today, isn't it? So, um, <laughs> as always, if you'd like to get in touch, probably the easiest way is to email radio at mavericktheatre.co.uk. Um, I set up a Twitter account. I can't remember the name of the handle. Not really good, is it? No. Uh, but certainly you can get me at Nick Hennigan, if you can spell Hennigan. H-E-N-N-E-G-A-N. And uh, so, uh, um, and you know, if there's anything that you'd like to talk about in the future, then please do uh, let me know. I'm going to turn my email off now as well. <laughs> I'm good at this, aren't I? And, um, so, Nick, thank you so much for, for spending some time to talk to us. I mean, Edinburgh, the festival, uh, or people talk about the Edinburgh Festival, but actually it's a, it's a group of festivals, isn't it, that seem to happen at the same time every August, usually. Yeah, that's, that's one of the really strange things about Edinburgh, because if you live in Edinburgh or if you work in the festivals, you say the festivals. But we know for sure that everybody outside Edinburgh knows about the Edinburgh Festival, and we have to live with that. But, but, and most people, when they talk about the Edinburgh Festival, think about the Fringe. But of course, the Fringe is one charity. Then there's the Jazz Festival, the Tattoo, the Art Festival, the International Festival of Visual Art and, and, and Performance Art, and there's the Book Festival. So there's many, many different festivals that add up to what we all know as the Edinburgh Festival. And it's a fantastic, I mean, I, I've been up there, actually, I've been going up there since 1992. I was wow. first taken up with a play called Home of the Fifth Line of England. In fact, it was a poster behind before it was coincidentally by Jasper Cadet's management uh, when they saw a performance in Birmingham. And I kind of fell in love with the kind of democracy, I suppose. Uh, so it's 92, the sort of democracy of the festivals, because everything, I mean, book festivals are quite often considered to be slightly highfalutin. Um, but all, right from the very start, I used to love going up to the, was it George Gardens you were in in the early days? Uh, yeah. And the, the sort of whole access of it, it seems to be very, I mean, obviously welcoming is a, is a you know, it's a festival and things are going to happen, you know. Um, but I've always, I always got the impression that it was, it was very much for everyone. Yeah, we're absolutely passionate about uh, festivals for everyone. And that goes for all the festivals, I should say, the, the Fringe as well. It's most definitely a democratic festival. And we have to try and make sure that it appeals to the people who live in the city, you know, and it's quite easy for people to get quite grumpy about being in a city where there's festival stuff going on and there's late night activity and there's lots of litter and there's loads of traffic and loads of people on the pavements. So it has to be for the citizens, but it also has to be for visitors tourists from abroad, people coming from London, people coming from the rest of the UK. And that's why it has to be so accessible, really. And so it's no, no use having highfalutin stuff. Uh, it has to be stuff which, which is available to everybody. But on the other hand, I, I'm really passionately a believer that people are smart uh, and that people like to feel smart and they like to feel smarter when they go to cultural activities. So I think the best events are when people emerge thinking, yeah, I, actually, I feel I understand the world a bit better now, uh, whether that's comedy or whether that's uh, a, a serious debate on the future of, of, of the economy. If people feel smart, then they then they smile as well and they laugh. And that's the, the, the ideal. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm quite jealous because you're in Edinburgh now and I, it's, it sort of becomes a bit of a habit. You know, that I had four, two shows 
co-produced at the last physical fringe. And actually, I was because you have lanyards to get into various places, and you don't bother taking them off normally. You're in, but <laughs> and uh, I, could, I was actually looking at a menu outside a coffee shop on the Royal Mile, and I think it was the owner was having a fag at the side, and he went, "Oh, you come in," and I just said, "Oh, it looks nice." And we just got chatting, and basically said, "Look, bring your lanyard in and tell your mates. You know, we'll give you. I think it was fifty percent off anything you want." I said, well, that's very kind. And he said, yeah, because, you know, usually in August, we can we can make half a year's takings, you know, just from, and we know a lot of you guys suffer a bit financially. I mean, you got that bit right, didn't you? <laughs> uh, but I kind of, I mean, that was, that was sort of nice as well for the fringe. I mean, and how have you been not having, what, what happened last year with the book festival? I know the fringe was, they did, they did a bit of stuff online, but yeah. presumably that's, that's what you did last year. And we've got to talk obviously about what's coming up this August. Yeah. Um, so it was, I remember it was, it was the 1st of April. And I think a lot of people thought it was an April Fool's joke that all of the festivals simultaneously dis- announced the cancellation of the, fest- the August festivals in 2020. But at the, at the same time, we knew damn well that we weren't gonna cancel completely. And we were all pivoting online. And the book festival, I guess it's something about book festival and events, they're the easiest to put online. So we were very fortunate in the book festival. We had a very successful uh, festival online and we had the a most astonishing international reach, much, much bigger than, you know, more international than we'd ever had before. So after the festival in, in August 2020, uh, I started getting messages from, from people saying, please don't stop doing that. Please carry on doing the online thing. Even if you have in real life things as well, please carry on doing it online. And especially I got messages from people in Edinburgh saying, for example, I've got uh, some chronic lung disease and I've always struggled to, be, to sit in theatres with other people, but I watched you online and I loved it. So for accessibility reasons, please stay online as well. And so that's what we've done this year. We've, we've created this hybrid festival of both online and in real life uh, in a new location, not in the old gardens where we used to have our festival, but in the Edinburgh College of Art building, but which has got a great big central square, uh, which is like a big park that, that even Edinburgh citizens don't really know about. So it's a place we're opening up a new park for a hybrid festival this year. I mean, it is, a, if for anyone that's not been to Edinburgh, the city itself, festival aside, is, is a beautiful place, isn't it? I mean, you've got the, the castle on Arthur's Mound and uh, it's, a, it's a tourist destination all year round, Edinburgh, isn't it? I, I imagine. Um, yeah, and this, I, this just adds to it. Totally, yeah. yeah. And, and I used to live in London and I love London, of course. Uh, but I must admit, living in this city, which has both got a, mount, a mountain in the middle of the city, but it's also my house in Leith, it's 10 minutes to walk away from the beach. And I walk on the beach every morning. That is a pretty fantastic combination. I'm, I'm very delighted. And of course, that makes it a tourist destination as well, especially this year. There's a lot of people coming from the rest of the UK to stay in the city and they're very welcome here. It's really fantastic. And what, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to ask you about you. So what, what's your background? You're the director of the book festival. Um, and are you from London originally? No, I'm actually a Yorkshireman. Um, so I'm proud to be from Yorkshire, but I, but I moved to London when I was, I don't know, in my early 20s and, and became a publisher. So I was a book and magazine publisher for many years in London. And then with my wife, we, when we had a young kid, we moved up to Edinburgh in 2003. And I, I, I was offered a job as director of the book festival a couple of years later. Um, so I've been doing the book festival for quite a few years now. Uh, and it's a really fantastic job. I get to meet, it's not only literary folk, it's also you know, anyone who's written a book. I mean, think about the, the range of people who've written a book. It's, it's just an absolutely amazing 
door opener into into the world of culture and the world of the world of ideas so for example this year um I'm, i haven't met him yet but i'm looking forward to meeting warren ellis who's one of the band members of the bad seeds nick cave's bad seeds and he's written a memoir which is called nina simone's gum and that the, the, just very briefly the story is that when Nick Cave was, he was curating Meltdown at the South Bank Centre in, I think it was, must have been about 1997 or something, 98, 99. Uh, Nina Simone was playing and, and she, she left the, the piano after the gig and, and Warren Ellis walks on stage and he notices that she's taken a piece of chewing gum out and stuck it on the, on the piano keyboard. So he lifted this gum off and he kept it and, and, he, and it dried out, obviously. And it became a, a little kind of good luck object. He carried it around with him for 20 years in his pocket. So then later on, uh, he decided it was so important to him that he had it cast in gold. And it's now become this kind of super important object for him, Nina Simone's chewed gum. And his memoir is really the story about how these little things in our lives matter to us. And he's going to come to Edinburgh to talk about that. But to me, that's an example of why the book festival <coughs> is so nice, because it, it isn't just sort of literary, it isn't just novels. It's also the world around us and people telling stories of their lives and, and the people they've met. It's fabulous. That is a great story, isn't it? And I look forward to, to seeing that. Um, in fact, if you uh, if you go to LondonLiteraryPodCrawl.com uh, and go to the podcast page, uh, about five years ago, I think it was, I was wandering around the gardens with a microphone talking to various people. Uh, so if you want to relive Edinburgh, book festivals past have a look at that and we're going to post it again next week i think on uh, bohemianbritain.com <laughs> which is a, this this podcast by the way got voted was it number two of the top 10 bohemian podcasts to follow in the world by by one of the uh, one of the aggregators so which made me laugh slightly because how can you be a successful bohemian I tend to think of it as just being poor in your garret, <laughs> turning out your works. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, this is Residence 104.4 FM. I'm Nick Hennigan. It's Literary London. And we're in the company of Nick Barley, who is the director of the Edinburgh Book Festival. So you can't, it's interesting what you're saying about we've spoken to one or two festival organisers over the last year and everyone has said more or less the same thing that we've had to learn I mean we're now doing this over Zoom because uh, as I've mentioned before you can you obviously listen to this on Resonance FM but you can also see it on bohemianbritain.com and uh, and on the uh, Literary London YouTube page London Literary Pop Crawl YouTube page I, I lose track I do uh, but we it's 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 actually a similar sort of reaction from a lot of people have said that in, in a horrible way, it's been a good thing because it now has opened up this extra level of communication. And I guess if you're a shareholder in Zoom, you're rubbing your hands. But all that aside, what's going to happen then this August, August 2021 in Edinburgh? Yeah, I mean, it's really, honestly, it's been a really, really tricky time, especially because I think, is it the same in London? But here in Scotland, August the 9th is the supposed date when all restrictions are lifted. And our, our festival is supposed to open on the 14th, you know, so the, the risk of, of that being knocked back by a week, you know, it's been so difficult persuading people that we can actually have a festival. But we are going to have an actual real life in-person festival in the Edinburgh College of Arts. But in order to make it hybrid, we've, we've had to make some changes. So we've created some, some essentially TV studios. Uh, each of them has got six cameras, three of them camera operators, uh, three of them remote operated by by our live editing team. So there'll be live edited broadcasts, I suppose a bit like sort of, the, I don't know, Question Time or, or Wimbledon, you know, where, they, where they're kind of live editing the, the output. 
Um, but we're also trying to make it so that the people who are in the audience, in the theatre, aren't obstructed by camera operators and by people wandering around in front of the stage. So trying to make it as good in real life as it is for people watching on screen has been a challenge. But we're also trying to make it possible for people to, uh, ideally the authors or the musicians or whoever's on stage will be there in person. If they can't be, then they'll be coming in on screen as well. So, so the back of our stages is one enormous screen. It's like 10 meters wide by four meters high. And if people are coming on screen, they'll be, they'll be sort of huge on stage uh, so that we can have these conversations via, via screen or in real life as well. That's fantastic, I, yeah. I hope so. And I think the main thing I'm saying to, both to my team and to my to authors is, this is we're learning how to do this. We're going to make a lot of mistakes this year. This is the year to make the mistakes because I think people will, I hope people will forgive us a bit for the mistakes this year. When we get to next year, when things are a little bit closer to, to real life again, we'll have learned how to do it, and we'll be, you know, right at the forefront of, of this new technology. So that's the aim of the game. But the, the main thing is that I want to say is that as as well as these three studios where which have got audiences in them, we're also broadcasting to a huge screen in the gardens in, within the Edinburgh College of Art kind of campus. So it'll be a, like there's a mini park with a big screen so if people don't want to go indoors if they, if they still feel a bit uncomfortable about breathing other people's air indoors they can come to the site they can sit together uh, in the edinburgh the balmy edinburgh sunshine which of course it will be sunny won't it <laughs> never rains in august in edinburgh <laughs> no, no. but even you know we'll have stretch tents just in case but but they can watch and listen to the live event on a big screen outdoors as well so i hope that we'll provide that sort of communal spirit of togetherness that, that festivals thrive on with when people are sitting outdoors uh, in the festival site so there's different ways in which you can consume the festival material if you like and will you have the sort of the, the sub i mean in, in the old garden days you had various little theaters and there were kind of stalls and 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 the shop is, is that, are elements of yeah. that going to exist yeah yeah so there'll still be a there'll be uh, two bookshops there'll be a big cafe there'll be a, there'll, there'll be various um places for street food and there'll be a bar. Um, the, the quite what the license is gonna be is still subject to negotiations with the city council. We may have to have it table service or we may have to have it within a certain defined area, but there will be the chance to have a drink on site. Not that that's the be all and end all, but it certainly seems to be something about festivals and alcohol. There's a little bit of a link. <laughs> Yeah, I know. The, I've been with the assembly rooms for the last few years uh, with the, the plays that I've been producing and writing. Wow. And uh, yeah, one of the big things is the bars open until about four, I think. In the, yeah. the one that they they build it in a car park. I mean, I'm saying this to you; you probably know, but they actually normally it's a car park, and they turn it into this almost this nightclub, uh, which is uh, which is in, incredible. And it takes a long time to set up as well, doesn't it? I mean, generally in the normal days, uh, and I'm guessing it's still the same. Is there's a lot of preparation, not just the. I mean, well, there must be the preparation in terms of finding the right. Uh, sort of program of events but the actual physical thing is quite a big deal anyway isn't it yeah exactly i mean uh my my book festival team is 28 people all year round and that goes up to i mean not this year because we've got a slightly different situation this year but in, in a normal year after 2019 we would go up to 165 employees during the festival so that would be front of house team box office team book bookshop sales team all that sort of stuff it won't be quite that number this year, but it'll still be the best part of 100 people employed on our, 100 jobs created on our site. So, you know, it takes all, 30 people all year round to 
to plan and program and and get all the stuff together and take it all down again and mop up afterwards and <laughs> apologize to everybody for all the mistakes we made and so on you know it's it's a big operation um, and the fringe is, is the same and the, uh, the other festivals are the same so it's a lot of jobs and it's important for edinburgh's economy frankly yes i mean i did wonder at that because they must have lost a, a terrible uh, amount last year i mean you know so did lots of other people in different ways i suppose so yeah. what what what's uh, what's planned for this year then what can we what can we expect? What are you excited about for the well, book festival? I, mean, I suppose I suppose there are, there are the literary names. <coughs> um, where do you start? There are, there are about two hundred and fifty different people, but um, the ones which are which have been attracting the most excitement on our website when we announced our program last week are Booker Prize winner Douglas Stewart, who'll be in conversation with the First Minister Nicholas Sturgeon, not oh. about politics but about literature, because of course, as you know, Nicholas Sturgeon's a big reader and that's a wonderful thing for us to, to have a politician who's such a big reader um, <laughs> it's quite a rare thing yes. uh, we've, also, we've also got um Kazuo Ishiguro talking about Clara and the Sun um, we've got Elif Shafak launching her new novel which is called The Island of Missing Trees it's absolutely beautiful novel set in Cyprus and it's a, a, a touching gorgeous love story which I urge you to read if you haven't had a chance to look at it yet it's really beautiful then another one that just comes to mind that I'm excited about is the American novelist Rachel Kushner, who's written a book of essays, and she's going to be interviewed by another novelist, Colm Tobin, about her essay. And basically it's the kind of essays about the state of America now, a slightly oblique and slightly bohemian look at America today. And that goes all the way through to, to debut novelists. Uh, so Kazuo Ishiguro's daughter, Naomi Ishiguro, is coming and a whole bunch of Scottish writers. So one other little thing I'll say before I stop is um, we've got a project called Reading Scotland, which I'm very excited about. We've chosen six Scottish writers, and for each of them, we've commissioned a, a short film. So we've put them together with a, with a filmmaker, and it'll be a five to eight minute film that they're making. Not an adaptation of the novel, but a kind of mood piece which shows the location, the atmosphere, the kind of ambiance of the novel so if you haven't read it and you're not sure if you're interested you can watch this hopefully you can watch this five to eight minute piece and it will give you a sense of what it's going to be about and that will be the opener of, our, of their hour-long discussion uh, and that those reading it's called reading scotland and those six writers will then have a chance to travel around the world to literary festivals in other countries sydney and toronto with these films and we hope it's going to be a way of showcasing the best of emerging Scottish writing as well. That's a great idea isn't it and and I, yeah yeah what a great idea that's kind of cool and most of the sessions are 60 minutes is that is that how it works? Yeah yeah most of them are um, apart from um, there's one for example where we've, we've commissioned the composer Gavin Bryars to write a new choral work using poems by a Scottish poet Edwin Morgan as the lyrics that's going to take more than 60 minutes but, but that's a special perform, you know, it's a premiere performance of, of, of a 16-part choir, you know. So, but most of them are, frankly, 60 minutes. Yeah. And you get you get a lot of support, presumably, from the from the Scottish community generally. Yeah, I mean, not just the Scottish community, but the literary community worldwide. And I mean, Edinburgh is, is one of those festivals that is a, is a career changer for people who who appear here. So I mean, I'm really proud of that, that, that fact that we make a difference to people's lives and people definitely want to be involved. So we get thousands of books sent to us. Uh, we get 
publishers begging us to take their writers and we, we, well, we can't take everybody. So we just do try and make the best choices for the audience and for the writers. Yeah, and that's presumably why you need a fairly large team. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's certainly a lot of reading. Um, yeah, I don't know if you can see behind me, but the, this is that's this the books that have been sent to me this year uh, to my house by publishers are kind of stacked around me in this in this office space I've got. Um, yeah, so look, it's a great, it's a, it's a perfect background for some a director of a book festival, isn't it? <laughs> uh, if you're watching this uh, on uh, on uh, 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 where, where are we on Zoom? We're, no, we're recording on Zoom. We're on YouTube. That's right. Uh, Little literary pub crawl. Maverick Theatre, uh, and we're also, I can't remember these, well, Bohemian Britain, that's the one, bohemianbritain.com. Yes, we're on there as well. And you can see, uh, now, I mean, I've got to ask you, have you got a favourite behind you? Book is the one of Well, uh, what are your I've got various different, different let me tell you, that there's one here. This is a proof. Uh, it, it, this is uh, Ian Rankin. Um, I don't know if you can see on the proof, but it, it's called The Dark Remains. Yes. And it, the, the story about this is that, uh, uh, the, the original Tartan Noir writer, William McIlvanny, who it was, a, it was a Glasgow based, he was a hard man of, of Glasgow from the 1970s and 80s. He, his books, the Laidlaw novels, were the original kind of flea bitten detective, sort of oh. struggling with alcohol abuse and addiction and, and so on. But he was a good guy. And, and um, his books went out of print in, in about 2005 or so. And, but thanks to the book festival, I, I invited him back in 2011. And, his, and a publisher was in the audience and brought his books back into print. Anyway, this guy, Willie, died, sadly, in 2015, but he left one unfinished manuscript in his top drawer. And so, again, at the book festival a couple of years ago, the, the publisher approached Ian Rankin and said, look, you know, we've got 20,000 words of a novel. Would you ever consider finishing it? And Ian Rankin said, God, that, that is a, I'm terrified at that task. You know, Willie McIlvanny is like a god of Scottish tartan noir crime writing but he agreed to do it in the end and, and so we're launching this book The Dark Remains which is a sort of a, a sort of duet between Willie McIlvanny and Ian Rankin who finished it off um, and it's the final one in the late law of the late law books and, and so I love the, the way that, that uh, the events that we have are not just about what's in the book but very often they're about the story of how a book came about and the ideas within it and the culture that they refer to and the people behind them and the world in which the novels operate. And that's, that's to me, is what makes these book festival events so exciting. Yeah, that sounds like a, a, a great, a great thing. And what, what's, so what's the book called again? It's called it's The Dark Remains. The Dark, the Dark Remains. Remains. And you saw it here first. Yeah. Because yeah. Rankin's a local lad as well, isn't he? He's still, he's still local, isn't he? Yeah, 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 he lives in Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah. I see. Uh, his, his, um, the, the other wonderful crime writer who lives locally is a woman called Val McDermott. And she's launching a book with us this year, which we're really excited about as well. And that's called 1979. And it's the first of a series of books she's writing over the next five years. So there'll be 1979, 1989, 1999, 2009, 2019. And what they do is they chart 50 years of life in Scotland in the run-up to the pandemic. So they start in 79 when she, um, Val herself, was a young journalist working in Glasgow in the kind of smoke-filled rooms of, of the Glasgow news machines, uh, very, very male-dominated and quite sexist. And she's got this young female detective who, who's trying to make, make a go of, of it um, in this, in the, against this backdrop. And, but I think that's going to be quite an important uh, depiction of Scotland. So Scotland in the last 50 years has, has transformed itself from a, from a slightly sort of hard-worn and uh, tartan-clad nation 
which wasn't very proud of itself into now into a nation which is incredibly confident and, and you know culturally active and fantastic fantastic place to be and, and I think that that journey that she's going to chart actually will be quite important not just for crime novelists but for Scotland as well to understand itself. Yes, that extra. I mean, seventy nine. I think was the first time, first woman prime minister. I think I seem yeah. to remember. And so, yeah, gosh, that seems like a long time ago. So. Um, yeah. It's fascinating talking to you, uh, uh, Nick. It's the two Nicks, Nick uh, Barley, who is a director of the Edinburgh Book Festival, the International Book Festival, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so if anyone wants to, I think we could talk all day, actually, it'd be brilliant, but we haven't got time. I don't know you haven't either. Um, if, do you write yourself, by the way? That's what I meant to say. Are you a writer yourself? Uh, more of a publisher. I mean, I, I've edited tens, scores of books, but, but I've only written one. Uh, so that was a long time ago. So, yeah, not really a writer. But <laughs> yeah. I, I like bringing other people's ideas into the world. And, and I think that's the, the job of festivals like mine is, is to encourage conversation. Uh, and I love doing that. I, I love helping writers get their ideas out there into the world. Because often writers are quite solitary folk who yes. spend a lot of time in front of their screens on their own. And I love getting them into the world and, and they start talking and, they, and they, can, they come off stage and they're really fired up and they say, do you know what? I learned about the characters I've written about and I'm so inspired by what that audience member told me that I want to write another book. <laughs> you know, so they, they, get, they get absolutely nourished by the conversations they have. Yes, because it is a very solitary occupation by definition, isn't it, writing? Yeah, as I know to my cost. Um, really? Well, are you a writer yeah. too? Oh, I do. Well, I've, yes, sort of by accident. Yes, really. I sort of fell into it and, and I started adapting uh, plays and then I've written a few plays. And uh, we've got a book, a small book coming out that uh, I think a local publisher has just said he's going he's gonna to publish. Um, based on running a theatre company. It's, it was, anyway, I won't bore you with that. It's a sort of diary thing uh, that happened. It was 97 as well, and we got, we got a, a um, he said, boring you with it. There was a, we got a very famous actor, and, a, and a, 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 we got some money off the Arts Council, and he's played won an award through the National Theatre. Uh, and uh, it was me kind of being very scared of it all. So uh, uh, and we, we, it sold small amounts locally, so we're going we're gonna to scale it up a little bit. Um, Maybe an idiot, really. You know? uh, right. So that, that will happen, I think. But it's so. Um, well, we should it, talk about it. <laughs> oh yeah, mate, that'd be good. I fancy myself on a big screen. No, I don't really. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's uh, it's got that sort of social. It's also the year Diana died as well. When I say it's fortunate, I because it was diarised. It's sort of you know there were stories of Princess Diana having broken her leg in a car accident and the way the story developed, which made me think. Well, which I think is why it's going to be published this year. But anyway, well, I mean enough about me. If no, anyone wants to know any more about the the book festival, where should we go to, Nick? Well, um, tickets are available either online or in real life, if you can get hold of your hands on one. I mean, the, the, in the theatres, the seats will be one metre apart, regardless of what the public health guidelines are. We're keeping people a bit apart, because I think we, we acknowledge that people might be a bit nervous. So there'll be limited capacities indoors. So you can either get, get tickets online, and online it's pay what you can. So if you want to watch everything yeah. for free, no problem at all. But we'd like it if you could offer to pay us something. We'd like that. Or uh, in real life, tickets are £14 or £12 concessions. So hopefully it's reasonably affordable for those people who can come along. And what's, um, your, what's your best website? Is it Our website is edbookfest.co.uk. Edbookfest. And people can, uh, it's, it's very easily yes. findable. And uh, I hope that the website should be easy enough. And tickets that for in real life events go on sale on the 22nd of July. 
So there'll be a mad rush for the for the real life tickets. Um, but yeah. if people can come up from London, we'd love to see them. You know, we, we really, really want to welcome people from London and, and, and the rest of England as well. Yeah, one of my highlights is a little wander through the uh, the festival bookshop, and I intend to do that again this year in August. Come what may, although we haven't got any shows up there this year. But um, Nick, it's brilliant. Thank you so much for your time, Nick Barley, who is the director of the Edinburgh. Uh, international book festival it happens every august all over edinburgh and in this case in a new venue uh, and if you uh, if you want to know more check out the website and um, thanks so much for your time nick really appreciate it thanks very uh, much you see this again we'll be on the uh, bohemianbritain.com if i the london literary pub crawl and maverick theater youtube accounts and of course on resonance 104.4 fm i'm nick hennigan this is literally london I'll see you next time.